there's some of you that maybe during this year had a couple setbacks. Anybody any setbacks? Mm-hmm. How many had some times where it felt like it's hard to make the car payment, house payment in 2014, but somehow you got here? Maybe sometime you were in the, going to cook a meal and you looked in the cupboard and you said, uh, man, I don't know how many times we're going to eat pinto beans. We're going to do it again today. I was raised up on bologna. Oh, man. Ain't nothing like going cross country with a stick of bologna and a knife and uh, some bread. And mom and dad was stopped at what they would call the roadside rest. It was just beside the road. That's all it was. And I don't know. You got, I got to 2014 somehow. Somehow I got to the end of this year, even though there was a lot of things that were trying to go against you. I want you to think back. Physical. How many had any physical trials this past year? You know what I'm talking about? I know of a couple in our church that's had some uh, bad news this past year. They come up, the doctor says it doesn't look good. Unless somebody intervenes, you might not have but a year or two. But I know we still serve a living God. I know we serve a God that can do things. I'm not giving up on God. Amen. I know some in this church right now who uh, split and part ways in their family, and it breaks my spirit, breaks my heart. Things happen. I know some in our church who uh, have had got new cars this year. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe a new house. But you know what? I just believe that back January 2014, there were a lot of promises made. You remember some of them? <laughs> Lord, if you just bring us back together, I'll be a better man. I'll be to do, do the best I can. And, and you just bring my wife back to me. You just bring my husband back to me and... And, Lord, if I work real hard, you're going to get me a better job or an increase. You, you made all these pledges and all these vows back in 214. You said, well, some of them just hasn't been fulfilled at all yet. Well, I'm going to give you my explanation how I got to here in 2014. Hopefully you can relate to some of this. It's in the Old Testament. It's found in Isaiah chapter 43. How did I get to 2015? How to get make it through this year? I might just brag on the Lord a little bit. I uh, uh, I'm glad we're starting our fast here coming up here on the fourth. I'm going to start mine early because I have uh, my annual government physical coming up. Something to look forward to. You turn 65, you get one free physical a year. Well, anyway, so I want to make sure that my body is totally drained of all the sugar and fudge and cake and pie. And I got to get all that out of my system before I step on the scale on that physical exam. I want the nurse to come up and say, you don't look 67 years old. I know she's going to do that anyhow, but she's just trying to be nice. Last time I went there, they, the, the gal was... Put the, you know how they do. They put you on the scale. That, those are never right. It's like 10 or 15 pounds over. I said, you got to be kidding. My shoes weigh that much. And so uh, I said, well, let me take everything off. Oh, no, just, we'll figure it out. And uh, so she said, uh, well, Mr. Thrasher, let me ask you, since you're uh, as old as you are, uh, do you have any meds? And I was like, meds? What in the world is she talking about meds? Uh, medication. I said, no, I don't know. 
Yeah, I, I tell you what, I, I did take, uh, somebody told me to take, uh, when I'm 65, a baby aspirin. I have no idea why I'm taking it, but I take a baby aspirin. And I forget to do that sometimes. But the Lord has been so good to me, and somebody said, knock on wood. Well, okay, well, I'll do that. The Lord's been so good to me that he's blessed me with health. And you know what? Health is important. But God seems to, to bless me in so many ways it's unbelievable. I, I, uh, I, I just win stuff all the time. Um, it wasn't the other day somebody said, you need to play the lotto if you're that lucky, you know. It hadn't been that long ago, I stopped in Roadhouse. They had a barbecue pit there, a stainless steel barbecue pit, and I put my name on there, put it in there. Guy calls me up and said, hey, you want a barbecue pit? Really? Yeah. I went down there, picked it up, told Carol, said, we pick it up. We'll just have dinner first. And so we had dinner, and the lady says, is this a special occasion? I said, well, no, not really. I'm just here to pick up my new barbecue pit you got sitting up there. Oh, did you win that? Yeah, well, I tell the manager. Manager come up, and he said, congratulations, the dinner's on me. I just couldn't get out there. I mean, it's like over and over. I go into Home Depot about a month ago. They said, you want a free T-shirt? I said, yeah, what's the catch? Oh, you just got to sign up right here. And I said, oh, boy, you mean I got a, like, timeshare or something like that? No, we're having a drawing. I forgot all about it. So I put my name on there, get a phone call from the manager at Home Depot. You, Mr. Thrasher, yeah. Said you won the grand prize. I said, "What?" He said, "You come down and get it." I want a whole set of saws and sawzalls and stuff. I have no idea what to do with. But anyhow, I want all this stuff. Packed it out. Debo, debuy. I don't even know how to spell it. Say it. And what is it? <laughs> Doball. Cobol. I don't know what it is. It's pretty neat though. And. Um, and that, especially that sawzall, man, it's a big, long thing like that. He cut everything with that thing. God has been so f- blessed to me. I am so fortunate. I am so blessed. You say, hey, I want to hang around you. Please do. Because I just believe that because I'm the child of God, God's got me in mind every day of my life. Now, I don't go around looking for stuff to win. Believe me, that, unless it's a golf game or something like that. But God has me in mind. He has you in mind. And he wants to keep on blessing you. But here, I'm going to give you a challenge. Not only how did I get to this date in 2014, how am I going to finish today? And I'm going to share with you a couple of things that is blessing. It's a blessing. It's a prophecy. Both ways. Isaiah chapter 43. And it's a little lengthy. That's why I wanted you to keep sitting right where you are for just a moment. It says, but now this is what the Lord says. Now, if I said that and that was all there was to it today, and this is what the Lord says, would that be enough? Would it be enough if I said, and this is what the Lord says? If somebody comes up to me and says, Pastor, this is what the Lord says, I go, all ears, I'm hearing, what does the Lord say? He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not be afraid, do not fear, for I have redeemed you and I have summoned you by my name. You are mine. And when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba, in your stead. Since you are precious and honor in my sight, and I take that personally, 
And because I love you, I take that personally, I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I take that personally. And I will bring your children from the east and gather them from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who calls on my name, or called by my name, turn the page, whom I've created for my glory, whom I formed and made, lead out those who have eyes but are blind, who have ears but are deaf. All nations gathered together and peoples assembled. Which of their gods foretold this and proclaimed it from the former things? Let them bring in their witness to prove they were right, so the others may hear and say, it is true. You are my witness, declares the Lord, and my servants whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. And before me no God was formed, nor will there be one after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and apart from me there is no Savior. Now I want to skip down to verse number 19, and I want to choose these a couple things out of these scriptures for us today. It says, See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. And do not preserve, do not perceive it. I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Two things happen in this scripture. Number one is in verse number two, there's a promise. How many has ever been at the bedside of someone who is suffering and you read on Psalms 23? You ever done that? You know, that's a promise that you have. You can read it. In the valley he restoreth my soul. I've been at the cemetery of those and at the graveside, and I would say, and, and though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. I claim those scriptures. How many claim Jeremiah 29, 11 for yourself? How many John 3, 16? Then I challenge you to take the second verse, and I want to read it for you again. I want you to begin to claim this, and I want to show you this morning how I got to this day in 2014. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. You know how I got to 2015 almost? I'm not there yet, but I'm getting close. But I got through this year. I claim promises just like that. I claim promises that when I go through a particular trial and situation, in my life, and I've had some just like you have. I've made promises to God. On January the 1st, I stood in front of uh, the Bethel Church or our Crossroads Church in Colleen, and we took it over. And if you would have seen it before and see it now, there's a great big difference. And I stood there and I told the people, I said, before the year 2014's out, we will be finished with this building. And we are finished with the building, ready to start something else. Somebody asked this morning when I preached over the other day, so, well, what's the next thing? I said, the next thing is I'm not going to set any timeline, okay? <laughs> Say a big thanks to Carlton who helped us lay that tile in the bathroom. It looks so pretty. Different ones has helped us work on it. Thank you so much. Charles helps over there. Different ones who show up from time to time. God bless you real good. It's a work. It's kind of like taking 
a wrecked car from the junkyard and I'm making a Cadillac out of it. That's what it, it amounts to. Well, anyway, so God has blessed us in that, in that area. So I begin to think, how did we get here? It's through tests that you go, through trials that you go, through experiences that you go through. There have been many times when I'm working on that building, I'd be over there by myself, I'm on this ladder, maybe 16-foot ladder. And so I remember putting up these light fixtures one day, and I'm hanging them up there, and so I couldn't see what I was doing, so I took out my 125 readers. How many wear those? <laughs> 15 and older, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Keep, keep living. So I put them on. Man, I could see real good. And so I'm putting that, those lights together, and I'm wearing them together, and I'm finished. Now, I forgot I still have the readers on when I'm coming back down the ladder. In your rearview mirror on the right-hand side, there's some words that says, yeah, obstacle may appear a little further or closer, whatever. What I'm telling you is, they appear, that step ain't there. So I'm coming down, I'm coming down this ladder, and I got my, bi- not bifocal, but readers on, Walmart readers, and you can get some good stuff there. I'm coming down. I'm thinking I have reached the last step, but I didn't. And how many know when you're expecting to step off about that far and you step off that far, there's a big difference. So I'm by myself. I step off thinking I've got just inches to go. When I hit the deck, I threw those glasses down. I said, I will never wear these on a pair, on a stair again or on a step stool or anything else. But it's my own fault. And I got to thinking about how many times different stuff like that happened. I take scriptures like that. Though I go through the waters, they, they will not overcome me. Though I go through the fires, though I step off a step letter, I will not be broken. <laughs> I don't know how you want to claim that scripture, but it's time to claim scriptures in your life to get you through to a particular area. Some of you have made, made all kinds of promises in January of 2014. I'll be a better dad. I'll be a better husband. I'll work more. I'll earn more. I'll save more. I'll buy this. I'll be a millionaire before the year's out, and that all didn't happen. And you made all these pledges, and it just didn't happen. You've had some setbacks. You've had some trials and situations, but when you go through every trial and every situation that you go through, I believe as a believer, God is making me better through every one of those. I'm a better man at the year, at the end of the year 2014 than I was at the beginning. My boys, if I had it to do over, I'd do, do things different. And I pastored all of my, my ministry, 40-something years, and so I just say I'm sorry, John and Matt, because I would do things that I wouldn't see the church people do. I'd make my boys look like they were perfect because they're the preacher's kids. And so if I'm preaching and I see them in the back or whatever talking, well, I'd, ask, I'd not ask them. I'd tell them to get up and come sit in the front. And I thought, they were talking to the deacon's kids. They were talking to people in the church. Those people didn't get on their kids. 
And I look back at it, I would do things different because God didn't call us to be perfect. And I wouldn't expect out of my two and three-year-old what I expected out of them as a preacher's as a preacher and a preacher's kid. I look at Pastor Matt, and I appreciate what he's doing. He's, he's making his kids not the perfect example. They are just kids. But I do thank the Lord at this very day I've got two sons because I've been through the waters, and I've been tested, and I've been tried, and I've seen the fires come, that both my boys are saved in the ministry somehow, working for God, and that means a lot. Can you say amen? Amen. If you've got a prodigal son or you've got a prodigal daughter and they're off in the distance somewhere, watch what you say to them. Watch how you react to them. We react to our kids worse than we do our friendships. And we expect out of people that uh, in our family that things we should never expect. Number one, I claim the promises for our church here in Belton. Though the waters come, and they have come. <laughs> we have seen the waters. Thank God we haven't seen the flames. But we've seen the waters come. But did it take us back? Did it stop us? No. It might have pushed us a little bit further back, but that's okay. God's seen it through it. All the money that it took, $100,000, we didn't have to borrow it. We paid for it right out of our church. I begin to think of all the things that God's done for our church. It's amazing here that this church is going to be the lighthouse of Highway 35, believe me, for a soul-saving station if we continue to keep on and stop taking two steps backwards but take the two steps forwards, amen, and keep pressing on and see what God can do. Can you say amen? Some of you, when you started out in this 2014 you had a little problem here and there, a couple hiccups. But the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 7, I like this when Peter was talking about trials. He said, And these trials have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perish it even through refined fire, may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Amen. That's, that's my claim. Secondly, I'm going to see what God's doing. I'm going to see what he's having to do. Here's what he said in verse 19. See, I'm doing a new thing. You know our problem? We get old like me. We don't like new things. We like things to stay the same. For some reason, I don't understand that. Because when we were young, we liked new things. But when we get older, we just like to just blow the cobwebs up and get on with business. I begin to think about this promise that God gave in verse 2, but then here's what he said. He said, not only am I going to give you a promise, I'm going to give you a prophecy. Here's what he said. He said, there's going to come a day when I will call them from the north and the south and the east and the west, and they will come home. This is a prophecy that was given to the Israelites. Did you know that this prophecy is being fulfilled while we're sitting here today? There are people by the hundreds and thousands who are going and moving back to their homeland in Israel, and they really don't know why, but God's calling them back for a great event that's coming up. Where after Jesus takes the church home and the rapture of the church, 
there's going to be a climactic time that's coming called the Great Tribulation. And after that Great Tribulation, there's going to be a called a Battle of Armageddon. But before all that takes place, it's preempted by him saying, I want you to come on back home. I need you home. He is reaching out to all of Israel around the world, even America. And he's pulling those people back into Israel. Last time that Carol and I were in Israel, <clears throat> we've been several times, we stood in the Valley of Megiddo. The Valley of Megiddo is where the Bible prophesies that during this battle of Armageddon, the blood's going to flow to the horse's bridle. You say, oh, that, that couldn't be. Well, I guess if the Bible says it is, I guess it's going to be. And it'd be such a horrific battle. But that's when it looks like Israel is going to be done under. They're going to be defeated. The Bible says, and the Lord will come back with ten thousands of his saints riding on horses. We're going to have a time of our life, and the battle is going to be won by Jesus Christ, who will take the sword of his mouth and defeat the enemy. The Antichrist is getting ready for this. There's an Antichrist spirit in the world right now, and I want to just share with you real quick. We always look for a person to be the Antichrist, which I believe there will be a person, but I believe he's going to slip in because there's a spirit of the Antichrist. And the spirit of the Antichrist is preparing the world, preparing people, and it's sadly to say, preparing a lot of people to say, you know what? Uh, I, I, don't, I believe that Jesus could have been and God could be, but not for me. And there's a lot of people, movie stars today, that they're anti-Christ. They're anti Say Jesus in a public forum, and you're really a bad person. But Jesus Christ is going to be raised up during this time. The Bible tells us it's going to be a, a, a terrible, terrible bloodbath, a terrible time. I was reading that scripture when we were standing in this valley. Did you know the prophecy has already been fulfilled too when it said, and God will open up the desert and let it uh, blossom like a rose. And did you know at this present time, if you go to Israel and you get on one of those tour buses and they take you out to that valley of Megiddo, you got to go. It's just worth seeing. And to see where all this is going to happen. Do you know what's there right now? As far as you can see, there are date trees. There are vegetables. There are fruit trees. There are things to eat. It is a bread basket for all of Israel. It's amazing what God has seen and let them do to prepare for this great time. It's amazing. They have opened that up, and God has blessed them tremendously. We're standing there. I'm reading this passage of Scripture, okay? And so uh, our tour is there, and all of a sudden, there are four Israeli fighter jets. And all you could hear is, and you could hear that coming in the distance, and they were flying low. And when they came across to us, I mean to tell you, it scared every one of us because we were talking about that great day when the battle is going to come. And when they hit that speed coming across to us, it's just like an earth shook. And I thought about how the timing was when I was reading that scripture. It's the timing and everything really matters. It's kind of like the timing when you had gone through 2014 and it sounded like there were some fighter jets in you and they were like, fixing to drop some real terrible stuff on you, but God came through for you. 
And it's a prophecy that he's gave, given to you and I. He's going to do a new thing. But you can't get a new thing if you're holding on to the old stuff. Today I want to do something different. I have on this platform. We've had this a long time. <laughs> You'd be amazed what's been burned in this. Top secrets. Macy, who is now 15 and a half, whenever I would miss my car keys or my wallet, I would find them in here. She'd put it in here. Well, I didn't know that for the longest time, that she was two years old, so every time she grabbed me, this was her favorite spot. That same height, put the stuff, that was her hiding place. I don't know where she puts stuff now, but I had to find out. So we would hide things in there and burn things or whatever. On your seat is a piece of paper. You can't, you can't advance on to 2015 if we keep holding on to some stuff in 2014. Stuff that we've been hanging on all year that's brought us backwards instead of forwards. We have some pens up here. If you need a pen, just ask. We get you, get you a pen. I'm going to ask you to do something today. I want you to put one thing. Now, you could probably put five things. You could probably put ten things. It's going to be sitting down here in the front in just a second, but you can put one thing. What is one thing that has held me back from being the dad or the mom or the teenager I need to be in 2014? What's the one thing that held me back from my financial prosperity God wants? What's the one thing? that has held me back from receiving my healing in 2014? What's the one thing that has always plagued me and put fear in my life that says, you can't do it, God won't do it, He doesn't love you? What's that one thing? I used to say, well, I could put a lot of things. I mean, one thing. The reason why I say one thing is because you got to start somewhere. Here's our problem. We want to put all these things that in a great big pile... And still, still, I'm going to ask you to take one thing, one step, and say, before 2015 gets here, I'm going to take this step. I'm going to press the issue just a little bit further. How many of you have ever had something said bad about you? Anybody? Just myself? Man, I, I wish I could do all the things I've been accused of. I'd be 120 years old. But you know something? One of the worst things to take into a new year is unforgiveness. Now, I know I'm stepping on some toes right now. There might be that physical brother or sister that says something to you at Christmas time or last year or whatever. Maybe it's 10 years ago, and you've not let that go. Don't take that into 2015. Don't try to get through another year because somehow you struggled through it and you got to 2015. 14 at the end, the last Sunday of the, the year, and you still got that hanging around, let go of that thing. Let go of that unforgiveness. Number two, let go of that fear. I'm talking about fear that says, well, it, woe is me. If God's going to pick a Job, it's me. No, it's not. It's me. <laughs> no, it's not me either. God has chosen me to bless me. Remember that scripture I told you? I take it personally. And he says, and I love you. I took that personally. And God said to Israel, and I love you. And he takes it personally to me. I love you, Harry. I love you, Carol. I never thought for one minute 
When I was 19 years old and I accepted Christ as my personal Savior and called to the ministry that God was going to beat me over the head for the next 40 years. And I would hate every minute of serving God. Not one time did I ever think that and not one time did that ever happen. Everything that God has brought into my life has blessed me tremendously. Whatever God has brought into my life, He has doubled that and tripled that. It's kind of like at Christmas time. What do you need? I need nothing. What do you want? I don't want anything. I got everything I need. I got a family. That's my, what, I got a church to pastor. What have I more than I need? What I'm trying to say is when I come to 2014, the end of the year, there are some things I could have put on a, I could be a different level with God. But because of that one thing, maybe today you're here today and uh, somebody's nicknamed you Mr. Scrooge. And you had that midnight visit by the angel and, and he told you some things that are going to come and you just blamed it on some, some beef that you ate earlier and said humbug. God wants to touch your spirit and make you a generous person this next year. Make your person reaches out to people that are hurting. Probably one of the most fun and exciting things that you can do is to be a volunteer somebody to somebody, someplace. We got helping hands. Several of our people were there. We got meals on wheels. We do that. We got so many places that people can volunteer and, and feel fulfilled at doing something for somebody. Because too many of them say, "My name is Jimmy, so give me, give me everything you got." No way. We got to have a free flowing spirit out of us. Amen. God's going to give to you, but you got to let go of some things too. As they come back to play our last song, I want us to wait upon the Lord for just a moment. The Bible says in verse number 7, it says, Everyone who call is called by my name, whom I've created for my glory, and have I formed and I've made. Now, I want you to wait upon the Lord just a moment. I want you to think of one thing. What's one thing God is trying to do in my life, but yet this one thing is holding me back. This one thing is keeping me from getting to that next level. I've already made it a point before this message to take care of my own business and to make sure that nothing goes into 2015 that shouldn't be there. To come into 2015 with such great expectations, I don't need the lottery. I don't need to win the lottery to be a rich man. I'm a rich man now. I don't need the lottery to make me fulfilled. I'm fulfilled now. When I call upon the name of the Lord, He sees through every trial and trouble and every storm waters and flames that come. It just doesn't matter because they can't overtake me. Would you stand with me right now? And we're going to worship the Lord for a few moments. I'm going to tab this brought to the bottom of the stairs. And after we sing it, i got one more challenge for you. And uh, then we'll end it this way. We'll end it by coming up and putting your slip of paper, and then we're going to burn it. We're going to let it go. The Bible says, He's as far as the east is from the west, have I forgiven your sins? Have I tossed it away from the sea of forgiveness? And I just want you to come and put that thing. When you do that, in just a moment, we'll wait for a moment. When you do that, you're saying, I'm letting go of it. I'm not taking it. I've made up my mind. If I let go of it, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to let that thing be a part of my life anymore. It's not going to hinder me anymore. Let's worship the Lord for just a moment. Would you do it? Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. 
magnify you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are so good. You're so merciful, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're going to pray. So I'm just going to lead you out of my heart and my what's going on in my spirit. I don't know everybody's life. We had a lot of new people in our church, thank God. Uh, on this last day, it's usually our smallest crowd, but you're a beautiful crowd. I'm glad that you came. But to walk out of here the same way you come in would be a disaster. If, if I had to come to church for 30 minutes or an hour or two hours and I walk out and say, man, I don't know if I, I mean, better than I was when I came in. Well, I don't know that we've let the Lord do what he wants to do. I can't blame it on God. God's going to, he's a big God. But it might be that we've not really given all of our heart and our soul to the Lord. And I hate for you to walk out of 2014 without Jesus Christ in your life. And there's a lot of people that say, well, if, if I give the Lord my life, you know, it's all these rules and regulations. Uh, I don't know if you've come here a long time. Nobody's ever got a set of rules and regulations in this church. We kind of figure if God can't tell you how to live, it don't you can't take me. I mean, I can't tell you how to live. Only the Lord can. So I want you to bow your heads, and we want to say out loud with bonus, yes, just lead you in prayer, and we're going to confess a few things. We're going to lay it down and let it go. But I want you to join me and follow along with me. Dear Jesus, let's say it in bonus. Come on. Dear Jesus, today, I give you my life. I accept you as my personal Savior and Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me. I know I'm going to heaven. But I put in this instrument that one thing, I let go of it. It will not hinder me. It will not keep me back. I will press on. And I will be the person you called me to be. I see great things that you're going to do in my life. For I have surrendered my will to your will. Thank you, Jesus, for you're my great Lord and my Savior. And I love you so much. Amen and amen. Well, give the Lord, let's say, one big hand. 2014, you